So who are you? In early 2013, uh, Tarantino's new script for The Hateful Eight leaked online. And I have to say, I'm guilty of downloading that script and reading uh, about a third, just under, just over a third of the script. Um, When I got into about a third of it, I had to stop reading. And I stopped reading because because I felt like I was doing the film some harm. Not in like sort of downloading, spoiling it for myself. Um, but because it felt like it felt like the script was a first draft. It felt very much unfinished. And in that respect, I guess it, it did feel like I was spoiling the film. I was peeking at like a demo version and I didn't want to sort of know the whole story without it being completed if that makes sense the script was dare I say it a little bit dull a little bit boring I couldn't quite believe that it was real at the time it felt almost like a like fan fiction or something something that Kind of feels like a Tarantino script, but something was lacking, not quite there. So I decided to stop reading it, wait until he's finished, and uh, go and watch the finished project. Uh, two years down the line, three years down the line even, we now have the film. And i got to say, I'm in two minds about it. I like Tarantino. I like Tarantino a lot. He's one of the most enjoyable directors out there. He knows films. He knows what he's doing. He has fun with his films. That's, I think, the foremost thing that you can say about Tarantino is that he likes to have fun. When I saw Django Unchained come out to cinema, I swear I was like smiling for two, three hours afterward. Just a massive smile on my face. And it was the most enjoyable films I've ever had in a cinema. Same with Inglourious Bastards. Same with Kill Bill. Um, not so much Death Proof. Uh, wasn't that big a bigger fan of Jackie Brown, i got to say. I've watched it a few times now and each time I just can't quite get on board with it. Pop Fiction loved and Reservoir Dogs loved. It's fun. They're all fun. This... The script didn't feel fun to me, but that's okay. I knew it was just early, early doors. So now that the film's coming out, I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to it because of his past record, but I'm also cautious because of what I've read in the original script. I'm just wondering, if he doesn't change much, how can he translate that into into a very enjoyable film. I guess it's hard to explain if you haven't read the script. What concerns me even more is that I've read about a good third of that script, and apparently the film is three hours long. What I read did not translate to an hour. No way. Probably 15, 20 minutes, i got to say. And, and that's another problem, actually, as I was reading it. I thought, this can't be completed, because it, it's... 
I'm almost a third of the way through the film. And it felt like like a TV special or something, or like a short film. It didn't feel like the full finished thing. However, so the film's coming out. The cast's looking good, I've got to say. Tarantino classics, enjoyable people. They've all proven their worth. I'm looking forward to them. It's got original music from Morricone, um, who I love. So I'm excited about that. Tarantino always has amazing music, and anyone who listens to this podcast know that I think music is a massive part in any film. So that's going to be good. Mm, my reservations, as I've already said, just the script didn't set me alight before. I like the concept of the film. I really do. I, I love sort of films where it's just minimal characters sitting around having a chat and sort of the story being told through dialogue and twists and turns. I love a film like that. Um, I really do. 12 Angry Men is up there with one of my favourite films. Um, Breakfast Club, also quite similar, I guess. Other reservations I have... Uh, I'm not so keen on this whole 17mm print business. I'm... Again, I'm I'm just I'm I'm curious. I like a I like a a different format or an old format, a lost format, as it were. Um, some of the best film experiences I've ever had have, or the best film experience I've ever had, um, has been in IMAX. Um, The Dark Knight, uh, in IMAX was amazing. Um, for various reasons, but it it just blew me away when I saw it. And according to reports, this is just like. IMAX, but uh, lengthways, um, and it looks glorious from all reports. It, it looks amazing, apparently. So I am looking forward to that. But again, because I know that the film is in like a stagecoach uh, stop-off, uh, a singular room, basically, is such a big format necessary? I don't know. I assume there's going to be like some outside shots some sweeping landscapes, um, but most of it's going to be inside. Do I need to see the length of the room in one shot? I just, I just, I just, I, I can't see why it's necessary. But I'm sure I'm going to be proven wrong, and I want to be proven wrong. I feel like it's going to be good because it's getting good reviews. Um, he's got good form. Everything says that this film's going to be good. But there's something inside me that just says, don't get your hopes too high. Um, so, yeah, let's go. Let's go see. Okay, everybody. Hear this. I'm taking this woman to hang. Rewards $10,000. That money's mine, boys. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, just got back from The Hateful Eight at the Leicester Square Odeon. The 70mm roadshow print. Okay, I'm going to start by saying I hate the Leicester Square Odeon. I've been mm, about six or seven times now throughout my 30 years, and every single time I've hated it. It's the most uncomfortable cinema I've ever been to. The seats are so closely packed together. Um, If you're sitting... Uh, on the balcony, the uh, the front of the seats are really close to your legs, so you're really squished, and it's an 
you just have no leg room at all which is always a big problem for me i've got bad knees anyway so like they really ache if they're like squished for a long time three hour film i wasn't looking forward to being squished um if you're sitting on the stools then it's just completely uh, level ground so uh if like tonight you unfortunately have a big fat head in your way the film is largely ruined for you um i hate it I just I just hate the cinema. It's overpriced. Um I would pick any other cinema to go to than that. I hate it. So it's very annoying that I've been forced to go to that cinema. But that aside, that couldn't be helped. I wanted to see the roadshow. It was it was my choice to see that. I wanted the experience of it. I had to go to Leicester Square, so whatever. The film experience itself, the roadshow experience itself, I've got to say it was Pretty exciting. Um, we arrived at the cinema. There was a massive queue of people outside collecting their tickets. Uh, that hasn't happened for a very long time. Um, like literally a queue of about 150 people in front of us. Luckily the queue went down pretty fast. People were just collecting their online tickets. Um, but yeah, it was strange to see. And, and nice. Very nice. It, it added to the excitement of the whole experience. As you go through the doors, um, an usher gives you a, a film program that gives you a bit of background information, some nice pictures. Um, although it seems that the program is uh, in the same ratio as the uh, as a seventy millimeter print, um, but they don't really use it to to demonstrate any sort of pictures. I mean, they've got pictures, but they only use half a page. I, mean, I think on the first page, there's one landscape, but then the rest is just sort of like uh, one picture per half a page. So what's the point of doing it in that aspect ratio? Surely you want to show off. I'll tell you why later on. It's part of my, uh, part of the coming review. Um, you go sit down in your seat. As I said, we were sitting in the stalls. I had a massive guy in front of me who, like... Surely, whenever you are in a cinema like that, when it doesn't have a sloping floor, everything's level, it's just polite to kind of slouch down in your seat so that your head is resting against the top of the backrest, right? Like, everyone does that. It's just it's just polite. This guy in front of me, sitting with the straightest back so that his shoulder blades were at the... Um, on the backrest. And it wasn't that there was lack of legroom, luckily. Uh, there was plenty of legroom in front. You can slip your leg underneath the other chair... He had loads of them, but he didn't, and it was so annoying, I want to smack his head, but I didn't. Anyway, so, film begins, a lady comes out. I don't know if this is part of the whole roadshow experience, or whether this was just something that the Odeon did, but a lady comes out and gives like a little introductory talk. And this was part of the problem for me. She was saying just how amazing it is, and how it's, you're experiencing something here, blah, 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 blah. And she's saying that we're about to see it in glorious 70mm Ultra Panavision. And she said, um, the film itself, if laid out, is, I don't know how many kilometres or miles, a lot. Um, it weighed like 90 kilograms or, or 85 or something, I don't know, a lot again. And she was like, isn't that amazing, everybody? And I was like, whoa, yeah, whoa. And I thought, is it amazing? I mean, it probably is, but I have no idea how much a regular film weighs. I don't know how much a regular film, um, how, how long it is. It, it it means nothing to me. I'm sure it means something to some film buffs, but 
seriously, I have, I have no idea. So that no, I was not amazed. My mind was not blown. Um, I'm sure it's an amazing fact, but means nothing to me at all. Okay, so the film itself. Um, hmm. So the film is really slow. Uh, the first half, anyway. Uh, very, very, very slow. The first half is um, over half of the film, actually. Um, but, you know, I don't mind a slow film. As I said, I quite enjoy um, people just sitting around talking. I mean, Woody Allen's one of my favourite directors, and that's most of what his films are, just people sitting around having a chat. I like it. But I like it when, as I said, the dialogue moves the story forward. And in the first half, there was a lot of dialogue. Nothing but dialogue. And it didn't move the story forward. Uh, There was no twists, there was no turns. You didn't learn anything especially new about the characters. Or, like, not, not over any period of time anyway. Mysterious guy pops up. Who are you? I'm that person. Oh, you're him. Okay, cool. You know, there wasn't any... There wasn't any arc for anybody. Saying that, I still quite enjoyed it. Uh, the people who I was with sort of complained in the interval. Um, one of them actually fell asleep uh, before the interval. <laughs> they said it was too slow. It was too dull. Nothing's happening. But again, I didn't mind that so much. It felt like... As I was watching it, it felt like Quentin Tarantino, but a very mature Quentin Tarantino. Aside from, like, the last five minutes or so of the first half. Then things get a little bit more Tarantino. Classic Tarantino. But before that, it was very, yeah, very slow, very brooding, very reflective, and almost like... Almost like a Clint Eastwood film or something. Not like his old uh, Western films, but his his Twilight films. Um, Very, very thoughtful and gruff and... And I did quite enjoy it. But others disagreed with me, i got to say. In fact, uh, the three people who I was with, they all said that the first half was dull. It covered the whole of the um, script, the section of the script that I read two years ago. And now seeing it on film, I, I could see why. It actually sort of took about 40 minutes, I've got to say, rather than like the 15, 20 minutes that I thought, just because it was so slow-paced. It could. E- I feel like there's a couple more bits of dialogue uh, slotted in there as well. Um, it was very stretched out, but I didn't really... It didn't need to be that long. Um, from what I read, you know, what I read... I was like playing it in my head as as it would be a film, and it literally took like 15, 20 minutes. It could have taken that long, but he chose not to. He chose to really drag out some bits. But again, I don't mind that. I quite like sort of sitting and just enjoying good dialogue, which generally it is. Good acting, good dialogue. Okay, second half. Second half of the film was a lot more classic Tarantino. It was a lot more cartoonish. It was going back to his ultra-violence, um, wacky ways. 
But I have to say, it didn't return to the fun. And that's my biggest problem with this film, is that it was not fun. There were some fun elements, there were some fun characters, some fun one-liners here and there, but ultimately, it just didn't leave me with that same goofy, giddy feeling that uh, Django Unchained did. That was ridiculously, I don't know, joyous and just had me really sort of like whooping with the light, like literally whooping with the light, as did Inglorious Bastards. This did not. There was nothing exciting about this film. And it's down to two things. The plot and the characters. First of all, none of the characters are cool. I'm just going to come out and say it. They were half interesting, half fun, but none were outright cool. There was no amazingly cool moments, no really cool scenes from any of them. And, you know, since it's called The Hateful Eight, only about half of them are especially hateful. Three or four, maybe even five, are quite jolly, in fact. I don't really know why it's called The Hateful Eight. And on that subject, I don't know why it's called The Hateful Eight. Um, Because as I was counting, there were a lot more than eight. There were nine, uh, sometimes ten or more people. Um, I don't know who these Hateful Eight are. It sounds like a cool title, but in the film, it's actually meaningless. In my opinion. Um, But some of the characters were quite fun. I gotta say uh, Tim Roth especially um was a lot of fun to to watch on the screen. As was Jennifer Jason Lee was the highlight of the whole film for me. Samuel Jackson was very good as well. Um I gotta say Michael Madsen, the weak link in the film. Uh both his character and not so much the acting because there wasn't any acting to be done. Just didn't need to be there. I, after watching the film, I replayed it in my head, took his character out, didn't change the film one bit. Um, so that was a, a disappointment. I like him. I like him a lot. Um, but he was wasted in this film. <clears throat> Had nothing to do at all. And the problem with the characters is that, as I said in the first half, none of them had any any character arc. They just all remained exactly the same throughout. Even in the second half, when a bit more was revealed about the characters themselves, they were still the same as at the beginning of the film. Um, It wasn't like sort of 12 Angry Men or The Breakfast Club, where you get to see these characters from different angles, and throughout the film they go on little mini journeys for themselves. Every single character just ended in the same place as they started, like in character development terms. It's like Tantino only really bothered to write that first draft. Then it got leaked, and then he got annoyed, and then he just sort of like felt like he was done with anything to do with the the script itself. Maybe he was worried about like rewriting it in case that got leaked as well or something. I don't know, but he just didn't add any flesh to the bones, which is a damn shame because it is almost a good film. 
And that's my biggest problem with the film, actually. It's not a bad film. It looks quite nice. Uh, the, the score was pretty good. It was pretty scarce, i got to say. Not much music going on there, but when it was there, it was quite fun. Um, the acting was pretty good. The script was not there. It's not a bad film, but it's not a good film. And that's really annoying, because it could have been a good film, with just a little bit more attention and interest to the script, I think. Um, to comment on the 70mm print, um, I have to say, sadly, that also did nothing for me. Um, the film itself was just too small. It, it it didn't require such a big format. It just didn't. Um, there were a couple of like landscape shots. And I'm not saying that it has to all be landscape shots, but I just feel like he didn't really do anything interesting with that format. Um, again, going back to The Dark Knight, which I saw at the IMAX, um, the scenes shot with an IMAX camera uh, were amazing. Um, especially the very first scene. Um, it's like a... Uh, Gotham City or Chicago skyline, um, a helicopter shot sweeping over, and I felt like I was on one of those like roller coaster simulation rides. It didn't feel like a real movie experience. It felt like I was literally inside the movie, and I've never experienced anything like that before. Like when like Batman sort of like jumps off a building and swoops down, it felt like I was Batman and I was sweeping with him. Um, so I was kind of hoping for something like that from the Hateful Eight. Um, where the format really, really alters that viewing experience. But I just, I feel like I could have watched it on, on my 32-inch TV at home, and it wouldn't have made any difference. Personally. I mean, I don't, I don't know, to see the inside of a room, um, in such a, a long aspect ratio, or to see someone's face, <laughs> just, it's just, I feel like it's not going to make any difference. However, one person in my party did say he really enjoyed it, but mm, I question his opinions a lot. Which I guess brings me back to the whole roadshow thing. Looking back on it now, it feels more like a gimmick rather than an experience. Uh. Because ultimately the film was a bit dull. It could have been a very fun experience, but the film itself didn't match up to the whole uh, hullabaloo of the film, of the ex of the, of the whole viewing experience. If it was say Django Unchained or Inglorious Bastards, where the film was was really really good, and those were films where the script was Oscar nominated, I have to say. I don't think this is going to be Oscar nominated. The Oscars are announced shortly, or maybe they already have by the time this has uh, gone out. I feel like this is not going to be Oscar nominated, not for the script anyway. If the film was better, it would have matched the experience and I would feel a lot more fulfilled. But because the film was lacking, it kind of felt like they needed the whole roadshow experience to make it worth my time going to see. You know, I, I don't think they would have bothered with with his previous films because you didn't need another excuse to go see it. 
that's probably the whole reason why it's in seven meter, seventy millimeter, because because the script just isn't there. So you need something else to to look at. Unfortunately, it doesn't quite work because the only other thing to look at is um, the wall or like a very long kitchen table. That doesn't quite hold my attention, i got to say. It, it was a fun novelty, but that's all it was, a novelty. It didn't add to my viewing experience. So, ultimately, um, how many stars? I want to say three. But I feel like if I was to watch it again, it could go down to a two. Just because... So the first half, I was really enjoying it. Some people could have said it was a bit dull, but I was sticking with it because I thought there was going to be like a very fun, cool payoff. Ultimately, the payoff wasn't... I mean, there was, you know, there was action and there was sort of gore and there were some moments where you could sort of be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fun. But when you look back on it, it's like it's meaningless gore and fun. You know, like in... I don't know, like in, in Django Unchained, when like there's the big bloodbath at the end, like it's been building up for a very long time. Like you've been rooting for this character to get his revenge, and when he gets it, it's glorious. Uh, the same as in Inglorious Bastards. Um, you know, when Hitler finally gets it, it's it's, it's a really sort of big whooping moment. Uh, or when um, the Jewish girl burns down the cinema, like she's been sort of planning that for since the beginning of the film, I assume. Um and and you're just exasperated that it's that it's all sort of built up to this. Whereas in the hateful eight, there is sort of big violence and people get in their comeuppance. But I don't care. I haven't been following these characters. I haven't been following their story. I'm not invested in it. I ultimately don't care. It's meaningless violence. And I have no problem with violence at all. But it's just a lot more fun when when I can uh, get behind it and say like, yeah, that's. You know, just just people getting their heads blown off doesn't excite me. People getting their heads blown off because I know that they're evil murderers. And I know that these people actually are evil murderers. They're hateful, apparently. But I don't see any of their crimes. I don't know what their crimes are. I'm just told, like, this is a bad person. Head blown off. Oh, should I be cheering? Mm-mm. I don't... I'm being told that I should be cheering, but I'm not being shown why I should be te- cheering. Anyway, I feel like if I watch it again, it's going to drop down to two. Um, just because it's, yeah, it's just that wee bit dull. But maybe saying that on second viewing, because I now know what to expect, maybe I will just enjoy like the subtleties that I'm sure are scattered throughout the film. Um, so maybe it will remain a three. It's definitely not going to go up to a four. Um, yeah, so now I'm, I'm going to say it's a, it's a it's just a three. And that's really, really disappointing. I'm gutted, actually, that I'm giving it a three. I really wanted to give it a four, if not five. Um, I did have my reservations going into it, and sadly, those reservations have... Um, uh, my predictions were, were true. Um, and that's really, really gutting to me. <laughs>